in today's show. We're doing Power Forward Tears with Matt Smith, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Power Forward tiers today. There will be information, not in this show, in the Atlanta Hawks Fantasy Preview Show, which should be up today um, about how to join the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl, the category, and there's a points league version as well. Big, big fantasy tournament that we're running. Um, information in that Atlanta Hawks season or fantasy preview show, which will be out later. Later on today is what I'm guessing. It's coming out. We're talking power forwards. We've done point guards. We've done shooting guards. We've done small forwards. Now we're about to do, about to do power forwards. So, warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's bring him back in, Matt Smith. Ah, Smitty. Welcome back to the show. G'day, Jaylee. How are you? I'm good, mate. It's good. Good to have you. Good to have you here. Ready to. Uh, to What's what you, funny? What, what do you call, you call me, Joey? What's going on? I'm, I'm confused. I'm discombobulated. I've recorded too with, much. What's huh? wrong with Jaylo? J-Lo? I thought you said Joey. No, 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 J-Lo. <clears throat> J-Lo is fine. I thought you said Joey. Yeah. And I went, I don't know. I don't know. I've missed something. I'm just going to skip over it. But J-Lo is totally fine. Um, do, you know, uh, do you know we've been recording podcasts together now for nine years? Yeah, it sounds about right. This is yeah, this is my 10th season of doing this. So, yeah, that sounds about right. That is a long time, mate. We've been going for a, a very long time chatting about fantasy. Um, I can't get the J-Lo out of my head now. You know what? Okay. Complete aside... JLo has some actual bangers as songs. The one like Jenny from the Block with the uh, the, the pan flute, the, yeah. pa- the pan flute. It's the best. I remember walking through the city one day here in Melbourne, and there was a busker playing like pan pipes, and he was playing oh, yeah. he was playing that riff like some old guy on pan pipes playing that, and it was like unbelievable. It was one of the best moments of my life. But anyway, let's in, talk. No, 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 no. Oh, you, oh, okay, let's go. Before, like instead of Jenny from the Block, it should be Joshy from Red Rock. Are you going to re-record that? You can re-record that if you want. I might. Do yeah. you want that as a jingle? Sounds great. I'll use it as my, use it as my intro. Um, anyway, no one wants to hear this, I'm sure. Let's talk power forwards. Let's talk uh, tier one. Matt, it's Giannis. It's, of course, it's Giannis. Like, it's definitely Giannis. Um, people, are, people panic about all the free throws. They don't want to take him too high. I honestly, I just don't care. Like, everything else is so good. Um, I just don't care. I'll take him at number two really without any problem. I have him at number two as well, and I know you're going to say, but Matt, you don't like punting, you hate punting, but I don't know, This, this maybe this season might have to be a little bit different, Josh. We'll wait and see. But, um, I mean, he's just he's just that good in points and rebounds and field goal percentage. The assists and steals and blocks are, are great as well. The threes you can make up later. I mean, the free throw percentage, yes, it's a concern, but maybe you can get a Devin Booker, um, you know, at the end of the second round or pair him with, I don't know, a Fred Van Vliet or 
um, you know, a Darius Garland as well with mm. Donovan Mitchell perhaps and and get that back up into a competitive range instead of completely writing it off. Because it's not he's not Andre Drummond, right? He's not Shaq. He's not 50%. Like, he could shoot 75% really easily. And yes, the volume's really high, but he could do it. Like, that's not... Maybe it seems outrageous, but it actually isn't. We've seen players jump 10, 15 percentage points in free throws or drop that same amount in one season. And... In the past, he's been a mid-70s guy, maybe four or five years ago, but it's not completely out of the realms of possibility that he improves that. I think just the idea is you pick him at two. If it doesn't improve, or well, you can try and fix it. If it does improve, then I'll, yeah, then wow. Look at them, what we're talking about. Like the, there's the downside, I don't think so. The worry I have a little bit is his knee, which is an ongoing thing and it will continue to be an ongoing thing and he will definitely miss games as they will preemptively manage it. I don't, I don't think it's a risk of a long-term thing, but he will miss games because of his knee problems that he's had over the last couple of years. But it's really hard to argue too much about this. Now, there'll be people watching this, Matt, who will suggest that Tier 2 should probably include only one player. I am much more down on Carl anthony Towns this season than others are. And I've got, we've got him here. We've got him in this tier with LeBron and with Kawhi. Now, there are different concerns with those guys. And I would definitely draft Towns ahead of both LeBron and Kawhi. But I think this is just more to illustrate that Towns is closer to those guys than he is to Giannis in terms mm-hmm. of power forwards. I just think that we there's two factors here for Towns. Gobert is a great rebounder, right? Really good rebounder. He's going to block a lot of shots. Towns is going to be out on the perimeter. Out on the perimeter more means usually more three-point shooting, which probably means a lower field goal percentage, so lower rebounds, lower field goal percentage, probably fewer block opportunities. And then you've got the other side of things where we think Anthony Edwards is going to ascend a little bit more offensively, so maybe a little bit less usage for Towns. So he's copying it on both sides. Still really a good player, but he's a guy that in the past we would have said, yeah, look, happy to take him at five or six. He's really safe there. And I'm just not. Like, to me, he's... End of the first round, that's 12, 13, sort of an area. Um, again, I would take him ahead of both Kawhi and LeBron, but he's way closer to them than he is to Giannis. I completely agree, and I'd take him at the end of the the first as well. And if you compare him with a Trey Young or a Tyrese Halliburton, <clears throat> yep. um, Damian Lillard even, I mean, if you can get Lillard and um, Towns at, say, 12 and 13, when, you know, in the years gone by, they've been, you know, maybe five and six, I mean, that, that sounds a pretty good way to start your draft. Um, in the overall rankings, they all sort of come out in the same area. I do have serious concerns around how many games LeBron and Kawhi are both going to play. We think Kawhi will rest those fifteen back to backs, um, which is a which is a huge concern. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm still pretty comfortable taking Towns there. I think you know maybe that does um, or moving him away from closer to the basket does help his threes and his assists. Uh, but yeah, like you said, his his blocks and rebounds are definitely going to come down playing next to Rudy Gobert. I'd probably more likely have Kawhi separate from these two guys just with that. You, know, you think you're already starting a ceiling of 67 games for him. And while we, we might expect LeBron's going to miss some time, we don't have that ceiling of the 67, the Kawhi's. I think Kawhi, but I guess the upside is that you feel that Kawhi can be a per game top 10 player as he has in the past. So he's probably a little bit down here, but this is where we're going to have a bit of a disagreement, Matt, because in tier three, you've, uh, you've stuck Evan Mobley there by himself. Why? Basically because... Good shot-blocking big men are actually pretty difficult to find this season. And if we think back to last year, we had that run of big men in the third and fourth round. We don't have that again this season. And we'll go through that and the rest of this um, pod and in the centre pod. But I just think that with um, Evan Mobley 
I know you're going to have some concerns about whether he takes that next step again, but the points are going to be good enough. The rebounds are going to be okay, but he's one of the better shot blockers without putting a massive target like a Jakob Pertl, um or a Zion, or a Zion doesn't block shots, obviously, like a Rudy Gobert does in terms of your free throw hit. Yes, it is a big hit, but it's not as big as some of those other guys. Um, so, I don't know. I just think Evan Mobley, he's probably going to get drafted in maybe the late third or fourth round. And I don't know. I'm taking him before, definitely before the guy um, in tier four and taking him after those guys, obviously, in, in tier two. So, I don't know. He was an interesting one to try and peg, but I just felt that, you know, he was – it's, it's a massive gap from from the end of the first or early second to, yeah, like I'm saying, the, the fourth round here or the end of the third, early fourth round. But I just felt that Evan Mobley was, you know, kind of fit in this range. We don't have Anthony Davis in the power forward tiers, guys. He will be in the centre tiers, so that's just a decision that we made, like, Whatever. He could be either. We don't know. He's probably going to split his minutes 50-50. He's in the center tier. I really like Mobley. I thought he was the clear number two prospect last season. I thought he was the rookie of the year in my mind. Um, but I'm, I'm just not sure. Like The free throws are an issue. But again, if you've drafted Giannis or you drafted someone who's not a great free throw shooter, all right, you can either go one way. You can go into right, rebuild that or you can just lean into it. And he's really good there. But I do worry a little bit that we expect guys in their second season to take steps forward in some usage. And I'm not sure that happens with the addition of Mitchell because it's not the same team. So Mitchell will come in and take maybe some of those shots that we thought Mobley would get. And that gives me a level of concern that he gets better on court. I don't, no problem he's going to get better on court. But does it actually translate to better overall numbers? And one of the other things is, is we saw Jared Allen miss a bunch of time last season. And Evan Mobley's block rate was so much higher when uh, Allen was off the court. So if Allen actually doesn't break his hand and miss eight weeks, then Mobley's block numbers from last season might be down a little bit versus what we saw last season. So that's also something I'm a little worried with. I wouldn't... I've seen him go crazy like at the end of the second round. I've seen people draft in there and in the third round. I, I, I like the guy and I don't like being the anti-Evan Mobley guy, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure I would have him in this area, but it's going to be... Are you, are you taking him top 50? In some situations, no. In some, yes, it just would depend on where my team is. I think he sits comfortably in the 40 to 60-ish, 60-ish range, depending on what I'm after. But you, you are right about big men and getting those blocks. And I think some of that, you know, if... I think, would you... Ch- okay, would you change your tune on the value of his blocks if A, Jaron Jackson was healthy and B, we knew where Miles Turner was playing? Probably because that's two, um, two guys who are going to would probably block two to two point five shots who would slot into that third or fourth um, round range. Who you'd feel, or who then that scarcity of blocks maybe isn't as much of a problem. Yeah, my, I guess a couple of issues with Turner is that like more rebounds would be nice. Getting what say seven rebounds from center is a little bit of an issue. The games missed is a little bit of an issue. Like DeAndre Ayton is a good, efficient, big man, but he doesn't block the 1.5 shots that we need him to. Barely blocks Bam's one. Blo- Bam, Bam's blocks have died. I mean, and then you talk about like a Demata Sabonis, Pascal Siakam, good passes. Nikola Vucevic is around one shot one shot blocking a game. Like, where, where are we getting blocks from? Walker Kessler. 
Like, yeah, really, if, if if he gets the starting job, then you, know, you can get him late. But again, yes. we don't know. There are a few guys, yeah, Pirtle, but there's an issue with, issues with him and the free throw percentage. Um, if Mark Williams got the starting job, he'd get blocks there, but I don't think he's going to. Um, you're right. A lot of these centers aren't that huge shot-blocking presence that we've seen in the past. I, I, I see where you're coming from in terms of the value being boosted. I just don't think I would have him in this area. Um, and, and, yeah. even, and even when we're looking at like pure power forwards without wanting to give away the rest of the tiers, like he is the leading shot blocker of any of these players. Yep. He is. Yeah, look, he's an unbelievable player. Like I really, really like him. Uh, yeah, you're convincing me a little bit there, but I don't think I still don't think I'd have him this. In fact, you know, me as a noted Scotty Barnes hater, everyone knows how much I hate Scotty Barnes, and I think he should be in the G League. Everyone knows that about me. I would have Scotty Barnes over him personally, um, but that's just again, it's a lot of that's team building stuff as well, and and which direction my my team is looking. If I am going for blocks, then Mobley probably has more value, but Barnes has a lot of other things in other areas. But in yeah, yeah, but. Yeah, I, I get it. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. So you're sort of you're sort of convincing me, but not not quite there. We'll get back to tier four. Oh, go ahead. So, so, so would you take Jarrett Allen over him? I was in a mock draft this morning, and I was in round three at pick 37, and I was looking at that same problem. Going, Shit, I, I need blocks, and I almost pulled the trigger on Allen at 37. Um, and I don't know if Mobley had gone, but yeah, I probably would because that that field goal percentage Allen brings is huge as well, um, and he's obviously a much better rebounder. So I think I would take Allen over him, yes. And Miles Turner? The, the Turner one's tough. Like, I'd like to know where Turner is. If Turner is playing 30 minutes a night, I would take Turner over Mobley, yes. I just don't know where he's going to be. Mm. Interesting. It's up for debate. That's why we do all this, man. It's why we have so... There's our differences of opinion because we don't know. We can't predict the future, unfortunately, for us to make our job a lot easier. We'll get into Tier 4 in just a sec before I do that, though. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your pro and college football information. Week 2 of the NFL is just a couple of days away, and we've got all of the football league developments, game matchups, news and podcasts, including all of the games, as I said, for Week 2. The Thursday night game is the Chargers and the Chiefs. The Chiefs are four and a half point favorites. I'm sure my son's going to be annoyed at that, that his Chargers are underdogs, but maybe they get up at that four and a half point underdog line. BetOnline is your continued source for all sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores, and the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, Boxing, and Golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline is where the game starts. Tier 4. It's Zion. Now, in a points league, this guy is top 10 potential, right? He'd be a lot higher in a points league. In a category league, he does certain things. In a roto league, this guy's value, I think, in all league formats is all over the shop. Points league, top 10, but injuries. Um, Roto league, really hard to look at him here because the the massive drop in his free throws. Head-to-head... You, you look more at strength versus weaknesses. So, you know, he's massive field goal. He's massive scoring. Um, he's, you know, really good assists for this position are so unbelievably valuable. But the question marks are all over the shop. Like, is he healthy? I think so. Pretty sure he is. Will he get hurt again? I don't know. Maybe. Is he more likely to? Yeah, could could be. Big man, foot injury. It's, it's a bad combo. But the potential, Matt, here is, you know, he averages 28 points on 60% shooting. He averages four and a half assists. And if any inkling of his college defensive numbers come back at all, that is almost a top 15 category guy, but there's a lot of ifs in that equation. Plenty of ifs. And I think the steals and the blocks is the big one. If he can get them 
you know, somewhere between one and one and a half, then, you know, that's going to be absolutely massive. But right now he's an average rebounder for his position. Mm -hmm. The assists are okay. The blocks and steals are below average. You're really paying for, for the points in the field goal when you can still get some decent points in this range without hurting, you know, your free throw or all your other categories. So, I mean, Zion doesn't fit my build, so... Um, I'll definitely be passing on on this range, and I'm not going to end up in with him on any of my teams because he's going to be drafted in this range, and I'm going to pass. But yeah, I mean, <clears throat> this is going to go a long, or this season is going to go a long way to determining where Zion is in his career. Is he going to be a star, or is he going to be a big man plagued by injuries? The injuries is the issue. Like he was a star in year two. Like he should have been all NBA in that season. He was actually unstoppable um, as a second year player who'd played what forty games or something as a rookie. Like he could not be slowed down. Yeah, defensively he was really poor, but he averaged two point one steals in college and one point eight blocks. Like they are insane numbers. And just give, give me give me half of those. If he gives me half of those, then we're, we're sitting pretty okay. Like he's not even really at that level. And now he's added playmaking and ball handling. And I don't know. I'm just really excited to see what he can bring. Or no, I know there's a huge risk. I like I like to punt, and if I've got Giannis, I'd pair him with Giannis. Absolutely no problem. Round th- round three, round four, probably round four more. If I could get him there, I'd love that combination. Free throws, forget about it. But everything else is is really, you know, my field goals are so highly solidified, and my scoring is so high that I can afford to experiment in some of the other categories uh, a bit later on in the draft. But he's again, is he is he Matt? We talked about him in the small forward tier show, impacting Ingram. Is Zion the biggest X factor this season for fantasy in terms of his own value, but also how he impacts McCollum, how he impacts Jones, how he impacts Valanciunas, how he impacts Ingram? Like it could change so many different guys, and we just have no idea. I think he'll have the the biggest impact will be on um, Jonas Valanciunas, and we'll talk about that in the center tiers. I I teased that a little bit um, in the small forward show with Brendan Ingram, but yes, it's Zion and. The other guy is actually the next guy who we've got in tier five, and that's Ben Simmons. Like, yeah. we we have no idea what Ben Simmons is going to do. Is he going to hand out 10 assists per game and have two steals, or is he not going to play? How's that going to fit with Kyrie and, and Durant? Like, it's it's just a complete wild card with both of them. Yeah, look, we've got, we've got fit. We don't know how that's going to work. Like, Kyrie is not a guy that needs to be the orchestrator we saw Harden average like nine or ten assists playing next to Kyrie and Durant like it's it's possible Simmons can still get seven or eight like no no real worries there um but is he healthy mentally enough to play is his back healthy after surgery um does he ever take any shots like I think he's a 14 point per game scorer who can be really efficient doing that and he's going to be an unbelievable defender, and that generally leads to good steals for him. But it's a complete wildcard. But he's going so, so late, Matt. He's going in the 90s or 80s in so many spots. And the thing is, he also kills your free throws. So you've got to be cognizant of that. So he is, again, I don't think he has as much impact on, say, Durant or Kyrie than Zion has on his teammates. But it's also one of those ones where I just go, I don't know. Like I, I honestly have no idea. What, if, you, if we came back and said, you know, Ben Simmons, despite shooting... 58% from the line. He only went there one time a game. He was a top 30 player because he averaged 10, 9, and 8 with two steals and yeah. 58%. Like, you go, yeah, that, that sounds about right. Like, that's totally normal. And that's like peak Draymond Green level fantasy production. And that was, you know, top 30, top 25 player. Like, that's not that's not outrageous to suggest that he could do that. Yeah. I mean, he was going in the second round a couple of years yeah. back. And like you said, with, you know, it looked like he was going to average 
15, 10, 10, two steals and a block on above 50% from the field, which for a point guard would be massive numbers. So I, I, I don't know. I can't wait to see how it plays out for, for both players. Well, and Scott, Scotty Barnes, I love Scotty Barnes this, this season. Obviously had a really good rookie season and um, beautiful um, all-round game. Completely suited for Rogue's history, but yeah, the assist um, again a handy effect. And then once again, if he can get to you know one three or over a three in a block per game, I mean that's just going to be icing on on a very nice Scotty Barnes cake. Yeah, like you got to look at where where does he improve? Because he did like I know someone called me off this. So he he shot over fifty percent from the field. How can you say his shooting was bad? His three point shooting dropped and it was under 30% for the last three months of the season. So, And that's sort of what we expected from him. So getting to high volume threes is, I guess, somewhat of the worry with Barnes. Um, I think we'll get a little bit more ball handling out of him this season, which should improve assists, but I'm not sure he's going to take you know, a huge step and become a 20-point per game score or, or anything like that, especially considering the team basically, I think almost entirely, is intact exactly the same that they were last season. And yeah, he, he's at times struggled to assert himself ahead of Siakam or Van Vliet or even Gary Trent on the offensive end. That might that might change, but maybe there's not as big of a second-year leap coming based on where he was last season as I think there is, say, for a Cade Cunningham, who's got more scope to improve from what he did uh, last season, especially early on. Whereas Barnes, I think he's going to improve, but it might be in smaller, subtler areas. It might be 3.3 assists up to 4 or something like that, or you might get an extra 0.2 steals versus, like, does he blow up and score five more points a game? I'm not sure he does that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure whether Scotty Barnes has got, like, 20 points per game in him, um, and particularly with the players that are around him, but um, yeah, really nice. It feels feels safe. You feel confident. I mean, I feel confident drafting Scotty Barnes um, around this area. Yeah. Um, you know, Draymond Green's obviously got some significant weaknesses um, and will miss, you know, games again this season. So, again, this is probably a, a per-game value thing in terms of Definitely. total value. Um, Scotty Barnes is, is leaps and bounds ahead of, of Draymond Green. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the per-game thing. Barnes is clearly ahead of both of these guys who you drop down, and even if we get to the next tier, we've got Jaron Jackson there, but because it's Memphis, we have no idea, Matt. Like, he, if he returns and plays November 10th, then this is great. If he's out until January 10th, then it's shit house. Like it's just no point drafting him really in the top 100 at the moment. I'm just leaning on the side of he's a big man. He broke his foot. It's Memphis. Um, no thanks. I'm just not going to touch him until we get to. I think I picked him at 90 in a roto draft, and that was only because it was a roto draft and because I've got games cap capabilities there. In a head to head, I wouldn't pick him at 80 or 90. I'd look to outside the top 100, but this is a top 50, 60 guy pretty comfortably when he plays in this area. Um, <laughs> But it's, again, we just don't know. Maybe we'll get more information in the com- coming weeks. I really doubt that. And you've got Jabari Smith Jr. here as well. People are disappointed with his summer league. Well, some of them are. Matt, I, I wouldn't be. The shot wasn't there. There's going to be issues with that. But defensively, he basically just did everything he needed to do. And he does. Now, I've talked to Mitch Casey about this. He thinks that Jabari will be the best fantasy rookie. Initially, I said, oh, I don't know about that. Then I looked at my projections and, oh, actually, I've got him like marginally ahead of Paolo Bunkero. Who do you think is going to be the better fantasy rookie? Um, I'll take Jabari Smith as well. I just think the combination of steals, blocks, and threes, um, and you've got him projected at 1.2 steals, 1.1 blocks, and 2.1 threes, I think that will get him over the line of Paolo Bancaro. And and Smith's fit um, with Houston as well, next to Shangoon and you know, around Porter and, and Green. It's yeah, just it's, great. it's a really, really nice spot 
um, for, for Jabari Smith. So once again, the 60 range, that's normally when the first rookie comes off the board. It would have been different if Chet was healthy. healthy. Um, but yeah, n- a nice spot here for, for Jabari Smith. Just where, watch the efficiency early like most rookies. Where would you have taken Chet? I know you're, uh, you're massively high on him. Yeah, I I probably would have had him up in the fourth round. Yeah, I think I I think he was projected from memory at like thirty two. Yep. Um, I would have, I would have tried to get him in the ideally in the sort of maybe thirty eight to forty eight range and yeah. and bank on him still having value from there and being a, a top thirty player. I think that was completely achievable. Tier seven got Johnny Collins, Paulo Banquero. And Brandon Clark, John Collins. I've talked about this on a few shows. It's he's just boring. Like, unfortunately, he's boring now because of the way that the Hawks are using him. This is a guy that flirted with top fifteen, maybe even higher value a few years ago, and they're just doing everything they can. Much like when we talked about the issue with Towns, and they are not the same player. But when Collins was playing a lot of minutes at center, and there's a lot more usage, he was great. And then they brought in a center, and his field goal percentage dropped, and his rebounds dropped, and his blocks dropped, and someone else got more usage, and his scoring dropped, and all those things have a chance to happen with Towns this season. Obviously not to the same level and Towns is a much better player. Please don't get me wrong. But we, that impact killed Collins' value. It dropped him 40 spots straight away. And unless he gets traded, it's, I don't think it recovers. I don't think it recovers either. And like I said before, when last year we had that run of big men in that 30 and 40 range and John Collins was part of that and now you can get him probably in the 70 range. Mm. Um, and again, the, the lack of blocks like Brandon Clark is a... He's a reasonable shot blocker. Like we've got him projected for 1.4, but again, like his value is tied to Jaron Jackson Jr. So are you going to get two weeks of value or two months of value out of Brandon Clark? Just once again, who knows? Yeah, I probably would have Brandon Clark down a little bit from here because there is that risk associated with, and he's so much of his value is tied in into insane um, field goal percentage as well, which if that is not of use to you at that point of the draft, then there's the value isn't really there. So in tier eight, we've got a lot of guys. Um, if you're prioritizing these players, I know a lot of people are high on Christian Wood this season. He was obviously really bad with his shooting last year, and I'm a little bit worried about the role. We've got Wood, Keegan Murray, Jalen Smith, PJ Washington Jr., and Julius Randle. Obviously, all very different players. To me, the name that stands out there is Smith, but mm-hmm. I could easily see Randle, especially in a points league. He jumps up significantly. Um, but it just depends on what I want. But you want to, again, you talk blocks. Like Smith could be a 1.5 blocks guy, 1.6 blocks guy. As a power forward eligible player, that's really useful. He seems to go at 85 almost every single draft I do as well, Jalen Smith. He's always in that area. He's probably the guy that stands out the most out of that group. Yeah, he stands out for me as well. And um, I think 85 is a perfect spot for him. I think you can probably get probably top 75 value. So you still mm-hmm. had a little bit of value there left. But I mean, he averaged 13.4 points, seven and a half rebounds, one block and 1.4 threes in under 25 minutes in 22 games with the Pacers last season. So if you think he can get 28, 30, 31 minutes, whatever it might be, like you can just see those numbers going up from there. So um, I think he's going to be one of the big breakout candidates of the season. And once again, this is the perfect spot to draft him. Murray, I'm not as certain of. But Murray screams, Keegan Murray screams to me as the guy that had a lot of usage in college. I'm not sure that happens in Sacramento, but he also could have the title as the Brandon Clark, Zion Williamson guy who had... Good defensive stats in college, but they don't necessarily come in the same volume in the NBA. That, that's a little bit of my worry. And some his translations from college are great. Like it's high scoring, it's efficient, it's a lot of threes, a lot of steals, a lot of blocks. Unlike Jabari Smith, I, I do think 
there is a risk of those defensive stats not carrying over, and, and that probably hurts him somewhat. Um, and then Randall, like, who knows? He was dreadful last season. He's been bad most years of his career. Um, and I, again, it's it's always weird when you're adding new bigger pieces in, like Jalen Brunson. How does it all how does it all work around? Does he ever does he start caring? Does he start taking shots that make sense? Because he start hitting free throws. I, I just I don't know. And that's why he'd be like, if he was on, on his game, Julius Randall, Matt. Like he's way higher than this, but I can't I can't trust him. I can't trust him either. And just um to to talk on PJ Washington quickly as well with Miles Bridges season is obviously in doubt. Uh, PJ becomes a, a really nice late round sort of click uh, selection. Um, if you need some blocks and threes as well. So, yeah, not a bad bad guy to target in this range as well. And, and Christian Wood, you know, the points and rebounds, but that free throw percentage can be horrendous at times. Yeah, he's one of those annoying guys that shot 78% in the G League for like two or three years and now all of a sudden doesn't know how to shoot him. Shout out to um, Anthony Davis. Let's go to Tier 9. There's a pretty significant drop-off, I think, between these guys and the Tier 9 players. We've got Kuzma, Horford, Vanderbilt, and Johnson. Now, Horford was better than this last season. We just worry that at age 36, a long finals run, that they can drop a little bit extra off him, maybe an extra minute off. And what he was doing last season, I think he almost doubled his block rate from the year prior. Maybe that doesn't carry over. Vanderbilt is a rebounds and steals guy but and field goal percentage, but how does marketing impact him? Does Cam Johnson start for your sons, Matt? I don't know. And what does he do if he's not... Like, last year he played well, but it was when Paul was out or when Booker was out. And then when everyone else played, he sort of got lost and scored 12 points a game. And that doesn't really help anybody. And what else does he do apart from that? And then Kuzma really stepped it up as soon as Brad Beal went down. And we didn't get to see him really play with Porzingis either. Now he's going to deal with both of them. And I'm not sure if he's going to be able to put up those numbers that he did last season. So he's way off where he finished last season ranking-wise because of circumstance there. So it's, it is a drop-off from eight to nine. Um, and these are all very different players. Yeah, they are. It is a little bit of a messy tier and not sure I'm going out of my way to draft any of them. Um, yeah, like you said, while Beal and Porzingis are healthy, it's really hard to see you know, how much impact Kuzma does actually have. And, and the same with Vanderbilt. I don't know, he had a, a fair bit of hype coming into the season, but um, yeah, Larry and coming across Puts a little bit of a dampener on that. We'll wait to see whether Vanderbilt um, is a starting center or a backup, backup four and see how that plays out in training camp. Into your 10, Jeremy Grant was like a 70-ranked player last season. He was around that same his first year in Detroit, but things are very different. I, I, I know Portland will go nowhere if he takes on that same usage role that he had in Detroit. He needs to play like Denver or Thunder. Jeremy Grant, where he is, and he was like what, 15 points per game sort of player there, um, concentrated a little bit more on defense, but he's never been a high steals or blocks guy. He's an atrocious rebounder, and he just shouldn't have the ball in his hands as much as he did um, those two seasons in Detroit. So we've dropped him way down. I think most drafts are reflecting that, and he's going around the 100, 110 mark now versus being a 70s player in Detroit. Do you see any way he can maintain that same level of usage? Uh, nope, not why Damian Lillard and Anthony Simons are healthy. No one. Robert Covington, again, with the Clippers, they're just far too deep for my liking. I guess he's, once again, his steals, blocks, and threes um, combination keep him relevant, but he's probably going to be more of that streaming guy like like a Danny Green has been over the last couple of seasons. He's just not going to get the, the usage or probably even the playing time to have a a um, significant role on on standard legs. He always finds a way somehow, but last year the way he found a way is where Paul George was out, Kawhi was out, Norman Powell was out, so he played more minutes. And he will be their primary backup center, I'd imagine. But if the team is fully healthy, a gigantic if, 
I just, I'm not sure there's enough playing time there. I'm not sure there's 27 minutes. It might be 22 minutes, 23 minutes, which you're right, can be okay. But he might, he might average literally six points. And yeah, that might, it might be from two threes, but he might like, he might average six and three, but with a steal and a block. And do you want that? Maybe you do. I don't know. And then tier 11 is two guys who theoretically, you could look at rankings and go, yep, they're 130th and that's rosterable in 12-team leagues, but the upside is just, it just doesn't exist. I don't think there's any upside for Dorian Finney-Smith, nor is there for Aaron Gordon. I, I just, I think if you, if they're available in your last round, I don't even think I'd bother, to be honest, because I'd just rather take a flyer on someone. Yeah, there's really no point taking either of them. I mean, Finney-Smith had some moments last year with some rebounds and threes and uh, benefited a little bit from, from Porzingis leaving and had a had a stable role. I mean, if you could, if your category was minutes played, then Finney Smith would would jump up. And Aaron Gordon, do you know Aaron Gordon still only like twenty six? Yeah, I know. It just it feels like he's been around for a decade. But um, yeah, boring, limited upside. No need to draft um, Aaron Gordon either. I think yeah, I think he has been around for a decade. I think this is his eighth or ninth season because he he was really young when he came in. Like he was one of the youngest players in that draft class. But yeah, you're right. He's been around for a while, and that means we've been around for a while, Matt. Because that is the end of the Power Forward Tears podcast. We're going to come back and do centers. We're going to record it straight after this, and it'll be out for you not long after this one. Matt, people can follow you at S Man Sports on Twitter. You know where to find me. Um, thanks for chatting Power Forwards with me. Thanks, Josh. All right, let's do the outro, guys. Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app here on YouTube. You know what to do. Thumb it up and leave those comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.